Hello guys, long time no see. I hope all of you had a very nice summer break and you had the time in September to actually adjust to your new schedule from the university and you're going strong. For me, I would say that it's so good to be back here. So welcome to the new season of the Daytime Talks with ICM. And we're ready in October. So we're going to shift into a spooky mode. And although some of us might not celebrate Halloween, there is always a space to share one or two scary stories on a Friday night. Today, I have Haley with me. Hi everyone, it's good to be back here. I hope you all have a great summer. And I think I have to agree with Steph. The summer is great, but I'm also very excited to be back <laughs> here and to share all the spooky stories that I'm about to tell you guys. Yes. So as she mentioned, we have prepared for you a special Halloween episode. So keeping the intercultural spirit, today we're going to talk about legends, ghosts, spirits, monsters, and haunted places. So stay here for 10 spooky stories around the world coming from me and Haley. So how do you feel about Halloween coming up, Haley? I'm exciting because actually, in case you guys don't know, but uh, Halloween is actually my birthday, 31st of October. Ah, so shit. every October since the beginning of October, <laughs> I'm already so excited and I'm already in the mood of spooky season. And I would just spend the whole October thinking of like, what should be my best costume? Because I love Halloween and I want to go all in. I want to have the best costume and have the best time with my friends celebrating Halloween. And you also have double celebrations. So you have your birthday exactly. and Halloween. Yes. That's nice. I'm so excited Me too. Uh, to start with the stories because we might work on the podcast together and on the episode, but I actually don't know the, st the stories Haley had uh, prepared for today. And she also doesn't know what I have for today when it comes to the stories. Yes. So tell me about the first story you found. So since we're all studying the Netherlands, I figured that I should come up with a story that is based in the Netherlands. Um, so the story is about the white woman. Um, in Dutch, it's called Witwiven. It's a mythical spirit often associated with fog and mist in Dutch folklore. And they're said to be ghostly, white-robed women who hunt marshes, forests, and burial mounds. And these spirits are known for luring travelers into the fog and are sometimes seen as malevolent entities. Okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, actually, <laughs> we have something similar in Bulgaria. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting to see how because I know so that uh, those ladies exist in the Romanian folklore. Okay. But they're a very big part of the Bulgarian one as well. So it's very interesting to hear that there is something like this here as well. And I generally find the whole idea of those mystical women uh, existing in the legends and in the stories. Yes. And misty and fog. It, it always like creates yeah. this mystical feeling. Yeah. For me, yeah. For me, when I hear about those ladies uh, in Bulgaria, we call them Samudiva. Uh, I always imagine like I know they're considered to be usually uh, evil and maleficent, but I I've always like 
admire the stories with them, you know, because we have quite a few stories that uh, are like, let's say, real time, mm-hmm. you know, like real life happenings connected with those ladies and people have actually seen them and uh, they've seen them in the forest dancing around and so on and so forth and actually uh, the next story I'm gonna tell you it's from Bulgaria my home country and yeah I would say that Bulgaria generally is considered quite a mystical place because we have a lot of mountains and mountains generally give like forests give this mystical vibe and most of the legends we have come within the forest. And yeah, I should also say that we have many legends and superstitions like uh, Baba Yaga. I don't know if any of you have heard of her, but I'm not going to go into detail. She's just like a scary lady that uh, parents use to make the kids go to sleep. And we have the dancing, the dancing forest ladies at night that you just told. Yeah, the Samuntiva. And uh, there is one story I specifically like, since it's still happening to this day. And some people connect it with the Samudiva, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's something like that. I would say it's uh, something completely different. So there is this one small remote village in Northwest Bulgaria that gets to listen wedding celebrators every night. The twist here though, is that the celebrations come from long lost periods of a wedding that happened back in 18th, 19th century. Legend has it that one day, back in those times, a whole wedding was brutally killed, including the wedding band, the groom, the bride, and all of the guests. So they never got to finish their wedding celebration. And since they never managed to finish that and uh, they were killed during the ceremony and everything, the celebrations, their spirits hunt the roads within the remote village. So if you go there between 2 and 4 a.m. at night, you can hear the murdered wedding band hitting the drums and the laughs and dancing of the ghosts of the doomed newlyweds and their guests. Okay, I literally just have goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite an interesting story, though, and also... Of the fact that I have never been to Bulgaria, <laughs> I I always find it's like a really scenery and beautiful country, and now like I'm kind of intrigued. Like I want to see the village myself. <laughs> but honestly, I'm same. I'm scared. Honestly, till death though. Same. Uh, the village is right next to the Romanian border, though, oh. and uh, yeah, it's uh, one of the most remote villages that you can find in Bulgaria. And this story has always fascinated me because. There are a lot of videos with people going there, and the oh. noise is always the same, you know. And do people still live there? Like, yeah. Oh, there is actually a village with yeah. people living. Oh, okay. And they have like those um, beliefs, you know, that if it's dark, just stay at home, you know. Oh, okay. Because this place generally is considered to have more mystical energy than any o- other places in uh, Bulgaria. And you can also see the Samudiva there dancing, you know, because uh, travelers would go on the road near the village and would see Samudivas there as well, like crossing the road, like the ladies in white gowns. And you could hear the mystical voice. Once when I was also little um, in my grandparents' uh, town, which is also like in the mountains area, uh, I would hear like 
the songs. No way. I was little, you know, like no maybe way. I was just uh, <laughs> imagining it, but right. I would rather say I haven't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I love this story so much because of that. Because to this day, you can just go and see it for yourself. Okay, so moving away from Bulgaria is a very interesting story, though, I have to say. Um, moving on from Bulgaria, we are going to France. And there is this legend from a town called Gewalden. It's about a ferocious beast that attacked and partially ate women and the young. But also, according to a lot of reports from the villagers there and also people who just travel past by, a lone adult men were also targets. And there were so many attacks that some speculate there were more than two beasts. And yeah. as a writer, Smith writes, bounties were offered and hunters come from all the country, from all fronts, looking for the creature. Oh. Yeah, and the mystery remains till now. This is like a Bigfoot, but uh, in France. Yeah. They, um, the French version. They, uh, that's so interesting. Okay, let's move forward to story number four. And this one is coming from Japan. So, for Japan, I've chosen one of my favorite legends from there. This is the story of Kuchisake Onna, or translated in English, the slit-mouthed woman. So, going back to the Heian period, which is between like, if I'm not mistaken, 13th and 17th century in Japan, uh, it was believed that uh, there was this very pretty woman who was married to a samurai. And However, although like she was very pretty and look good looking, this woman was very vain and loveless. So she would cheat on her husband whatsoever. Until one day, he found out and slashed her face, creating a smile from ear to ear. In the end, he asked her, you know, like, oh, who would think uh, you're pretty now, huh? You know, kind of as a revenge of uh, her cheating. Moving forward to uh, today, this urban legend keeps her spirit alive because to, like, even to this like year and uh, period, she can approach you on the street at night with a medical mask on her face and ask you, you know, like, am I pretty? And from here, you pretty much uh, <laughs> can be quite doomed because if you say no, she'll kill you. If you say yes, she'll remove her mask and ask you again. If you say no again, she'll kill you. And if you say yes, she'll kill you because you lied. <laughs> and yeah, the only way that people talk that you can escape is to give her an indefinite answer. Like, uh, yeah, kinda, so-so, I, I don't know, you know, and etc. Okay. I think what I learned from this story is just to um, avoid her at all costs. Don't talk with strangers. <laughs> yeah, just like run or something. Run, don't walk away. Run, run. But yeah, it, it's quite interesting though. Because yeah. especially like, Japanese have a lot of legends and myth. 
And I always find them so interesting. Like they are spooky. But yeah. I keep reading, reading, reading. And at one point, I can't sleep because of those yeah. stories. But I still find them all so interesting. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, those evil spirits, like all across Japan. And this one I've always found quite fascinating. I don't it know. Is. And it's the one I remember the most, you know, with details and stuff. Yeah. And I remember back in 10th grade at home, like in Bulgaria, I would cosplay her. So I, I've been this woman. In Halloween? Uh, no. <laughs> for one uh, Japanese celebration we had uh, Maybe at for, school. Maybe for a thought. It could be your costume this year. It uh-huh. can be. Exactly. But the makeup was so hard. Because I had to put from this uh, medical gum i don't know how is it called that uh would create some type of texture on my face and i put it all to my ears and i had a lot of blood oh like fake blood right (laughs) yes of course (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's a really interesting story and moving on to the next story we have vietnam my home country (laughs) so in case you guys don't know um Normally, we would uh, count the days as the sun calendar, but also in my country, and I think a lot of Asian countries, they also have, they count the days in moon calendar. Okay. And in July of moon calendar, it would be the time for the Hungry Ghost Festival. And it's a traditional Vietnamese and some East Asian country as well, it's a belief and practice during which spirits of the deceased are thought to return to the living world in July. And offerings are made to appease to these hungry ghosts and their various rituals to ensure their peaceful departure. And this concept of vengeful of, or hungry spirits really add a spooky dimension to our folklore during this festi- festival. And a lot of people is um, believe that during the July of the moon calendar, you rather, they would spend a lot of money because in the in yeah. our belief, if you spend a lot of money, you would avoid unfortunate things happen to you. I, I like this belief. Yeah, so like if you spend a lot, it's like the biggest loss is your money. But if you don't spend anything, then you know, unfortunate thing might happen to you. Might happen. Yeah. Well, I would use this as an excuse the next time I spend a huge amount of money. Exactly. <laughs> Although I'm not, uh, you know, like part of, uh, like, I'm not from Vietnam, but can I use it? Of course. I mean, it's always my belief every July, but <laughs> make sure it's the moon calendar, though. Okay. Because if Luna, ne- no, Luna calendar, then it would be around August in sun calendar. So uh. August should be the shopping month. But keep an eye on the moon calendar. They should have put Black Friday during this period. Exactly. It would have been so smart. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Um, But I'm curious, how long uh, does this festival last? Is it for the whole month? A whole month. Okay. Yeah. Like some people believe that like only till 15th of July is fine. But for a traditional family, they would keep it up for like the whole month. And they would avoid to do anything risky for example if you want to apply for a job or you want to start a new business you would avoid the month july okay because of this belief okay okay sure sure yeah nice well uh i think it's time to uh, go with the next story yes which is from romania so going to romania in the 13th century 
Uh, I'm so sorry in advance for every bad pronunciation I'm gonna do on the names from the different countries. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> so, going back to Romania in the 13th century, uh, we have Prince Radu, the Black. And he had a dream to build an extraordinary monastery. So he enlisted Master Manole, a renowned mason, and his nine skilled craftsmen. However, during the process, the walls they would build repeatedly crumbled. But then, in despair, like one night in his dream, Manole learned that, like saw in his dream, that the monastery required a sacrifice, a beloved soul within the walls. Well, after that, Manole and his comrades decided that the first craftsman's wife to bring lunch the next day would be the sacrifice. And unfortunately, Manola's wife, Anna, arrived first with her undying love. What happened next is that they convinced her to play a random game. But as the walls rose around her, Anna gradually comprehended the true nature of this game in brackets. Her laughter turned to cries of anguish and terrifically she implored Manola to release her from her stony prison. But a promise is a promise and once mate was unleading as the stone itself. So Manola sacrificed his wife so he can build this beautiful monastery. And it was like so beautiful, like so strong, you know, that people from around Romania wanted uh, Manole like and his people to go and build something that beautiful as well. But uh, the prince, now uh, if I remember it properly, the prince, uh, Radu, he didn't want anyone else to have as fascinating building as he does, like a monastery. So he put them on the roof of the monastery and no all of them actually found their dead falling from the roof. Wow. Yeah. And is the monastery still in Romania till now? I think so, because I saw photos. I would definitely do some research about it because yeah, it is scary, but also like, especially when I hear um super scary story about any in any countries about an exact place. I always want to do background research. Yeah. Like, did it really happen? Like, I'm yeah. really curious to find out like what happened. True. Well, I talked with my roommate about this story because she's from Romania. She she was the one to tell me the story, mm -hmm. and uh, I was left with the impression that this place is still there. Oh wow! But probably it's uh, really renovated, if I think about it, because let's say that this was built in 13th century. Oh. So it's like. <laughs> quite old <laughs> it is <laughs> i wonder if like if you walk around you see manoli or his wife or anyone like all the ghosts wandering around yeah usually when uh you have a story where someone had has been sacrificed mm -hmm. for a building you could hear like their uh their voice like their screams yeah inside the building but that's just speculations from my side i'm not sure if that's the case honestly this i would be pretty pissed <laughs> Imagine, like you yeah. go, you go, uh, you know, during lunchtime to surprise your husband with a homemade cooked lunch, 
and uh, he was like, know. okay, let's play a game, and then suddenly you die. Exactly. But yeah, horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but moving on to the next one, yes. we are going to Scotland. Yes, and there is this castle, Glamis. It's actually a tourist attraction now. Nice. You can actually uh, go there. You can go by yourself, or you have a tour guide with you, and he or she will be able to tell you everything that ever happened in that castle. Um, but it's well known for its ghostly legends, including the tale of the monster of Glamis, okay. a deformed and imprisoned family member. The castle is said to be haunted by various spirits, adding to its reputation as one of the most haunted castles in Scotland. And supposedly during the mid 15th century, the Lord of Glamis and Earl of Crawford were in the small room of the side of the crypt and they were playing cards late on a stormy Saturday night. And when the card playing continued into three hours of Sunday, a servant chat confront them for gambling on the Sabbath. <laughs> and the Lord of Glamis replied that they would play cards until the devil himself joined them. That's only one of many stories that happened in the Glamis castle. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Scotland is one of the places that would have a lot of mystical energy around. It's so beautiful, though. And the folklore is so beautiful. Yeah. After I hear these stories from a friend, I immediately do research about Glamis castle. <laughs> and actually, to book a flight from here to Scotland, it's not that pricey. And also yeah. the, the price for the ticket to go to that castle is not that pricey either. Like you can easily yeah. go there and do some tourist attraction around. And if you want really, really want to know about the history of that castle, you can book a tour guide and he or she will be able to tell you everything, every mm -hmm. spooky story that ever nice. happened there. And I'm like, maybe this should be my birthday wish for like next year because now I think it's too late. <laughs> yeah, you but have a few this definitely too. will be on my bucket list for <laughs> my next birthday. Yeah. You know, especially if they have like night visits, I would visit the castle during the night. I don't think they do though. This is this is the moment that a lot of people starts uh asking themselves like wow, is she a psychopath, you know, like but yeah, that brings me um I recall um because during the Vietnamese people had a war with French. Yeah. And during that time, French people would come to Vietnam, I think in South Central. Okay. Um, and they built a lot of mansion. And they would just hire Vietnamese people to work on the field, collecting coffee or like a lot of trees, fruits. Mm -hmm. And after the war, um, Vietnamese people remained there. But um, French people, like especially French... Um, army they got sla slaughtered there and these mansion of them become haunted mansion and my friends they once tried to sneak in during in the mansion at night because they know for a fact that they're not allowed to but they're reckless like the adrenaline yeah from visiting a haunted place yeah and uh, they, i understand it they got really spooked though because also it's like up on the hill and it was late at night. Like the sound of the wind, it's already, already makes you scared enough. Yeah. They stay there for like I think they told me 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> but the following day, There's all of them got sick. Shit. They they believe that is a kind of the haunted mansion, but 
because I don't want to be so biased. So yeah. I convinced myself, like, maybe they didn't wear enough warm clothes, you know, yeah. or it was really windy. They didn't wear warm enough. Then they got sick, you know. It's definitely yeah. not the mansion. <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't do reckless things as they did. <laughs> that reminds me of a story, uh, like a personal story. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to uh, hit a pause for a second <laughs> from the different countries. But I have this story when I was, like, also little, Probably everything, you know, like I say, it's purely from my imagination, but I refuse to believe it. But uh, I had this story uh, when I was, I think, 11 or 12. So like 10 years ago, I would uh, travel with my mom late at night to my grandparents' uh, town. And it was like 11 p.m., something like that. And we were on the road, but it's a mountains uh, road. So it was quite quiet. <laughs> like we were the only car on the road. That's silent. And usually, because in Bulgaria, there are a lot of uh, houses, remote houses that are far away from um, the big cities that are now abandoned, but they're still there. So we would pass the road. My mom is not driving that fast. And I was on the back seat and I was walking through the window and it was raining. So we pass by this abandoned house that I see on the way every time we go. And this house, uh, you know, if you would imagine it before, it would be very nice farmer's house with uh, livestock and and like a man and a wife, you know, like elderly people taking care of each other. And right now that wasn't the case, you know, like it was... 11 p.m. at night it was raining the house is abandoned it's almost you know like it's ready to fall like it's It's ready to fall apart it's ready to fall apart and i see this man in front of the house no way come on now 11 p.m yeah with with uh blue pants and uh what was it brown and red shirt okay. who was just standing in front of the house and he started waving at me and wow. I just I saw that and I told my mom immediately you know I was like oh my god mom did you see this man and I was like what man I was like the one over there and she doesn't believe me of course like it sounds crazy at this point I don't even sure I saw that <laughs> But every time we would pass uh, to this house now, she would be like, oh, you see, that's your house, you know? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, thank you, mom. This was one of the spookiest moments of my life. (laughs) No, but honestly, still, you have the courage to still ask your mom and, like, actually verify what you saw. I would just freeze, like, straight up freeze because I would be scared. You know, that's why I love saying that uh, if I were in a scary movie, I would probably the, be the first one to die or the last one to leave. You never know. You might be the survivor. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because I'm so like, I get more curious than I'm scared, you know. And they're like, oh, what's happening? You know, like, oh, let me see. What's that? You know? Yeah. And I feel like if I were in a scary movie, I would literally die like right away. The thing about me is I love spooky stories. I love to hear about every myth legend <laughs> the scarier it is the better but at the same time after i hear it, like i i just couldn't sleep at night 
at like 12 a.m. Like my mind is just going wild about all these stories that I heard, and I'm like, I do like you know think about my life choices sometimes and wonder why. I did. Yeah, you know those stories hit you very hard exactly. during the night. Okay, um, let's move to another story. Yes, the one I have is from Slovakia. Nice which was uh, so nicely given to me by our common friend, Christina. And yeah, by the way, Christina, if you listen to the podcast, hi. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back in time, in a small town near Bratislava in Slovakia, a kid with a frog membranes on his hands and feet was born. His uniqueness, uh, though, was a reason for constant bullying. Uh, from the kids in the town and they would always make fun of him uh, they would call him a monster and other bad bad things soon enough because of his uh, disability I'd say the young boy died and his body was actually buried in the center center of the main cemetery uh, in the city well the story goes that every year on 31st October, which for uh, Slovakia, that's the Old Saints Day, he haunts the cemetery, aiming specifically at children because of all of the bullying he had when he was alive. And the kids would visit the cemetery exactly on this night to see the bullied boy with the membrane on his hands and legs. And it's still going on. It's still going on till today. No way. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is exactly with the haunted places, you know, that you would go exactly because you want to see that, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like just the idea of um, having something paranormal, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's very attracting. Yeah, and it, it kind of, like, triggers your curiosity. Yeah. And the more people talk about it, especially, I feel like, children, you know, if they hear stories like that, they would be like, yes, I would like to see yeah. I would want to get spooked out. Yeah, but let me tell you, like, I I see myself as a rational person, but I refuse to believe that there is nothing paranormal out there, you know? That's why I'm eager to believe every story I was told <laughs> when it comes to, like, uh, like, scary stories or legends, because legends have origins. Yeah, maybe uh, the real, um, like, the real event wasn't, you know, that wow or or spooky or paranormal, but it's still interesting to hear about yeah. it Maybe as a like legend. Something actually did happen, and yeah, of course, like when you tell a story or a myth or a legend, then you have a tendency to dramatize it a little bit, but yeah. doesn't mean that the real <laughs> event ever happened, you know. So yeah. like, I'm always convinced to believe, like that doesn't matter if it's a myth or a legend. Something actually yeah. happened there. Yeah. <laughs> Something actually happened exactly. there. Exactly. But yeah. Moving on to, we are going to Middle East, Turkey. Hmm. This one is actually not really a scary story, but more like a, a legend. So in Turkey, um, there is a small village near Istanbul. There is a centuries old elm tree known as the crying elm tree. And the local legend says that the tree whips tears on the 21st day of each March. And its tears are said to bring good fortune to those who collect them. And yeah, after this, after my Turkish friend told me this story, 
I did some research and the villagers actually gather around there on 21st of March and believe that, yeah, in the crying elm tree. Wow. Yeah. That's that's beautiful story though. Yeah, it's not very spooky, but I think it's inspiring. Yeah, it's a legend. It's uh, yeah, it's something very nice. Hopeful as well. Yeah, that that reminds me like, you know, uh, in Bulgaria we have a lot of um, legends like that, mm-hmm. but our legends are quite connected with, for example, uh, a love story. Ah. Or. Uh, people that sacrifice their life for uh, for Bulgaria and their belief when we would be under the yoke like uh, for like 500 years and we have a lot of stories coming for this specific period but it's so interesting I've never heard about this tree though I mean as someone coming you know like from a neighbor country next to Turkey you know like we're quite uh, intertwined when it comes to like uh, cuisine and culture as well, and we have a lot of Turkish, Turkish words. I oh, love same. Turkish food. Same, same. Really same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, especially when it comes to Turkey, it's also diverse in a way. And um, after I talk to my friends about like all the spooky stories, and I happen, I just bump into my Turkish friend, and I tell <laughs> them, I tell her about what happened, like. Yeah, I had a really long day and <laughs> I have a lot of spooky stories to be told. I would like to get stories from you if possible. And she was thinking for a moment, she was mm-hmm. going to tell me a different story, a spookier one. Okay. But she was like, maybe you should lighten the mood up a little bit by <laughs> me just tell like a legend. Because I, I find this uh, crying tree really inspiring and hopeful yeah. and to lighten up the mood with all the spooky stories i think you need it so she told me that story and i agree with her it's very inspiring yeah to be honest uh i think it's very nice that you have something like that as a story because uh, everything i went for is <laughs> just so dark you know like i have uh boys young boys that die and they're mo- called monsters you know like dead uh, wedding festivities you tell me I once booked a tour to a haunted <laughs> castle in Scotland I mean I still want to go there though it's on Same. my bucket list I would spend my money on that yeah okay well uh, I'm gonna tell you the last story we have for today and I'm gonna more specifically tell you about a place in uh, India that has uh, two legends uh, around it and for this one um, I've done a little bit of research but both of the legends are told by me from a friend who is from India. So, let's talk about this place. It's called Bangarh Fort in Rajasthan. It's uh, in northern Indian state. And this place is haunted. People actually to this day are forbidden from entering it after sunset and before sunrise. And there are two legends, as I mentioned, that uh, are surrounding it. The first one, which is like less spooky, claims that a king named uh, Madhu Singh built the fort after receiving a permission from uh, a saint who lived there. The condition, the only condition that uh, the saint gave him was that the shadow of the fort must never fall upon the home of the saint. And the king followed this condition 
However, one of uh, the successors uh, added more height to the fort, so it can become taller, he built up, which caused its shadow to fall on the saint's home. And according to the physic, psychic's energy of the saint, the whole town was demolished. <laughs> and as far back as any development around the ponded area of rural residence confronts crumple. And the alleged prophecy stood fulfilled. And of course, uh, the Bangar, uh, the Bangar fort became haunted. This is a rare moment because he asked for one thing, one, <laughs> one thing. thing. <laughs> he asked for one thing, and then one of the successors is like, "You know what? No, I, I want it to be higher. I'm, I'm just gonna add more floors. Like, why not?" He asked for one, thing. <laughs> one thing. Honestly. You know, this this successor could actually uh, try to build up on the site, you know, like not exactly. to make it taller, Just, like, but wider. Expand it. Yeah, yeah make it a, a fort fort. Yeah, that is a really bro moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. that is now haunted, but literally it's yeah. so easy to avoid. Like, it's avoidable. I'm yeah. sorry. Want to hear the second one, though? Of course. The second legend. Yes, I'm okay. excited. Okay, the, the second legend behind this haunted fort is also more popular than the first one. Okay. I generally find it spookier. It claims uh, that uh, Princess Aratnavati of this fort was responsible for the apocalyptic situation, which, you know, befell the fort. And it was all because of her beauty, because she was believed to be very, very beautiful. And of course, when you're very beautiful and you're a princess, you have a lot of suitors. One of them was a local black magician who actually fell in love with her. And he tried to bewitch like a cosmetic she was supposed to use to make her fall in love with him. However, the princess smelled suspicion and poured the entire uh, like cosmetic uh, of the black magician the uh, how do you say it? like yeah poured the cosmetic you know that was kind of enchanted L- by the black yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so he kind of stopped his plans well this crushed him and uh, the local magician died because of grief but before he died he breathed his last words he placed a curse upon the entire landscape that no soul would ever be able to live in peace there. And hence the whole landscape around the Bangar fort has been haunted since. I feel like this story is definitely spookier than the previous one. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. In a lot of legends, I'm always like, really really fond of the stories that like associate with black magic (laughs) and especially like in India they have so many myths and legends and like I think a majority of them also really like associate with black magic and it's like um legends there I would say Mm -hmm. and I have not heard many stories from India yet but this definitely inspired me to like go do more background research true true because I heard a lot of stories 
about black magic as well, but like in different countries, even in my countries, yeah, they also like differentiate magic, like good magic and bad magic, mm-hmm. you know, and they would portray bad magic in a way like you know it's always the easier way to achieve this, but the harder ways is more rewarding in a way, and mm-hmm. you just don't associate yourself with the bad side. Yeah, like that. that's interesting. Yes. So, um, guys, the time for this episode has come to an end. We really appreciate your continued attention and hope you enjoy all the stories. And we hope it is not too spooky, but get you excited enough for the upcoming Halloween. So let's put on your best costume and get out there. But don't forget about all the legends we just told you. Our next episode of the Daytime Talks with ICM will be up soon. So stay tuned and have a nice day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>